Welcome. Welcome tonight. It's nice to see some shiny crowns around the room. Welcome. If I could, if I could have you all turning, facing this way, I'm just going to introduce very briefly a little bit of what we're going to do, because this is new to us all here. It's, the, it's actually the first time I've ever done a seminar with a church group before, so this is going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. Um, what, I'm, what I'm hoping is, is that you'll all really, really engage with everything we do tonight, okay? So, so sometimes, sometimes a preacher, when we're in the, service, in the service next door, sometimes a preacher might ask a question, and then there'll be a long silence before someone answers. Can we, can we not have any silences tonight? No long silences. You've got to imagine yourselves being the ages between 14 and 19. If you're not that age, feel free to imagine it again. Or if you feel that age, just, you know, be it. And... And that means you're full of energy, you're bursting with enthusiasm, you're going to get involved with chants and other maybe slight sillinesses, and also I'd like you to really engage with the topic tonight. The topic comes from a conference, a youth conference that I've been on for several years, something called Contagious. It's a youth conference for 14 to 19 year olds, and I'm going to be teaching this seminar in a, in a, week or in a week's time to some 14 to 19 year olds. So you're my guinea pigs. Okay, so you, so you could really, really encourage me tonight, or, or it may not be the case that you do. <laughs> okay, what I'd really like to do is I'd like us all to engage with what God says to us. That's what we're here to do. We have the Bible on our tables. This is the Word of God, and we get to engage with the very voice of God as we leaf through its pages, as we think about what it says. It's fabulous. It's absolutely fabulous, the privilege we have to have the Bible in English and to leaf through it tonight and think about it. So I'd like a couple of people just to, just to ask God to help us before we get into the material. Bob, perhaps you'd be one of them, and then someone else after Bob. So Bob's going to lead us in prayer, and then someone else. Amen. Lord God, I want to thank you for this evening. Thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, you are so wonderful. I just pray you be at the centre of everything that happens this evening. I pray for your name in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So my hope this evening is that you will leave believing that it is brilliant to be part 
of the local church. That's our hope for the whole conference. The whole conference is about the church. It's about being children of the revolution. You might know a song from 1971 by T-Rex. That's, that's, hey, you got some of you, children of the revolution. Okay, okay. Want to be... I want you to leave this evening believing that is brilliant to be part of the local church. And we're getting one tiny slice from a conference that's all about that. And the tiny slice is that the church, as you can see at the top of your sheets, the church is God's kingdom. The church is many things. It's God's people. It's God's uh, building. it's it's, It's the body of Christ. It's many things. But tonight the focus is the church is God's kingdom. Hence the crowns. We're, we're lots of us wearing crowns. Kings, queens, we wear crowns. So we're going to play a quick game. Name that ruler. Okay, ready? Ready on your tables. Confer together. Okay, confer together. Name that ruler. Five are going to come on the screen. And then I'm going to see hands shoot up. And, you're going to, and I'll pick you. And we'll see if you know any of these rules. Ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes, yes good. You're engaging with me. Here we go. Name that ruler. Let's go. Who we got? No, 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 stick your hat. See, that's just classic. Confer together. Who have we got? Who have we got? So we've got, can we name all five? I want all five. When you can name all five. Confer together. Name all five. Can you tell me who they rule? Can you tell me who they rule as well? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you think you, think you can name them all? Right. What? Who does he rule? Who does he lead? He does, It's surprisingly. Carry on. Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson, yes. We kind of know. Yep. Don't know what he leads. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. Optimus Prime, he leads. Carry on, carry on. You're doing well here. Who else we got? Who else we got? Elsa. Queen of Arendelle. Queen of, Queen of Arendelle. Who else we got? Simba. Simba. What does he rule? King of African Plain. Yes. <laughs> Name that ruler, take two. Name that ruler, take two. Here we go. Who are they? Confer together. Confer together. Name that ruler. Five, four, three, two, one. Who thinks they've got all five? Who thinks they've got all five? Hands up. Who thinks they've got four? Who thinks they've got four? Hands up. No fours. Three. Who thinks they've got three? We've got three over there. Who thinks they can get two of them? Two of them. Okay. And who thinks they've only got one? Vladimir Putin. Yes, I'm sure you have. So we've got Joe Swinson. I, I try to be relatively politically neutral, okay? Joe Swinson, we've got a uh, Serena Guthrie, England's netball captain. This has been the World Cup of the England netball. Joe Root, cricket captain, of course. Vladimir Putin. And the one you will never get, but you all use the... Uh, how many who's got a Samsung phone in the room? Samsung phone? A few Samsung phones. Okay, well, this guy... This guy's responsible for making them. He's the CEO of Samsung, and his name is Kim Nam Kim. Oh, sorry, Ki Nam Kim. Okay, now you know. He's the CEO of Samsung. You have one minute. So you've seen a few rulers. You've seen a few rulers, okay? 
You have one minute to tell each other on your tables if any of those rulers interest you and why. Any of them interest you and why. One minute. No more than one minute. Tell each other on the tables. Any of those rulers interest you and why. Twenty-four seconds. Twenty-four seconds left. Any of those rulers interest you and why? Eighteen seconds left. Five, four, three, two, one, and that's time up. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you realize that on that I'm pretty sure you realize that I'm pretty sure you realize that in, in, in that on the screen there with those different rulers, they all represent different kingdoms, different realms, don't they? You got one that no one had ever heard of. He he represented the realm of, of a of a phone company. Yeah? There's all these different rulers. You got you got this guy in the middle, Putin, he represents the realm of a of a nation. And he leads a nation. And all of these people, some made up, some real, but each of them rule their domain in a certain way. They all rule their domain in a certain way. They all have a certain kind of kingdom. If you went, if you went to their world, if you could zap yourself into the frozen world, it would have a, a kind of life to it. And that kind of life comes from the leader. comes from how it's led. In the next few minutes, what, are, what we're going to discover is we're going to discover a revolutionary kingdom. A kingdom that is like no other kingdom that we would make up or like any other kingdom that we would live in. And it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God himself. And this kingdom, this revolutionary kingdom that actually turns the world the right way up. Bob told me that this afternoon. It's really helpful. It actually turns the world the right way up. This revolutionary kingdom was promised. It came. It has an enemy. And we can be part of building it. That's, the, that's what we're going to go through tonight. We're going to see how it's promised in the Bible. We're going to see how it came in the Bible. We're going to see it has enemies. And you're going to see also how we, the church, is part of this incredible turning the world the right way up kingdom. So let's see how it's promised first. Right, everyone, get your Bibles, get your Bibles, and open it to Genesis. We're going to meet a ruler. Genesis chapter 3, 14 to 15. We're going to do this one all together. In a few minutes, you'll be working on your tables, and I'll be sitting at the front being quiet. But this one we're going to do all together, just to give you a feel for how to do this. Okay? So we are going to look up a lot of Bible verses in the next hour. A lot of Bible verses. When we're looking up a Bible verse in a seminar like this, we're looking for the main point of the verse. Not how it makes you feel. Yeah? 
Not, not how you heard it preached, but just the main thing in the verse, the main point. Don't get caught by some tiny little detail. Just looking for the main point, okay? So here we go. Genesis 3, 14 to 15. Would Matthew, would you read that out good and loud for me? me. Yes, you. <laughs> so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head Okay, there's a little promise in that verse, there's a little promise. There is an enemy, we're going to come back to the enemy in a minute, but there's an enemy to God's revolution, an enemy to God's revolution. How will the promised leader, how will the promised leader, promised ruler, deal with that enemy? How will the promised ruler deal with that enemy? Have a look at the verse, tell the person next to you, okay? Have a look at the verse, tell the person next to you. How will the promise ruler, there's a promise ruler, there's a child born, how's he going to deal with the enemy? Look at the verse, tell the person next to you. Okay. Okay. Crushing. You should have noticed some crushing going on there. Yeah, do we notice that? Some crushing. Okay. The enemy in that story is Satan in the form of a serpent. He has tempted Adam and Eve and they believed the words, they believed his words above God's word and fell in relation, out of relationship with God. And God brings judgment to each involved in this disaster. The serpent will have, will have what? What's going what's to happen? What's the rule? There's going to be a baby born and what's he going to do? He's going to... It's going to crush. Can you do this? Can you, everyone? Right, ready? Everyone's crush. Crushing action. You've got to join in. You've got to join in. You've got to join in. We are a seminar. He, at cont- he did it with his foot. Okay. So, okay. Thank you. So feet up and he's going to crush. He's going to crush. He's going to crush God's enemy. That is all you needed to get out of that verse. To learn about that ruler. It took us a little bit too long in some respects, but that's okay. You'll get your warming up. That's all you need to get out of that verse. He's going to. Oh, oh, brother. We are going to get to it. <laughs> it's coming, John. It's coming. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Thank you for that little sort of teaser trailer. On your tables. I would like you to open your Bibles at 2 Samuel 7, 11 to 29, 11b to 29, and do that question together, okay? Do that question together. It should take you about, I don't know, three minutes to read it, okay? Maybe, maybe a bit less, okay? So, so that we don't all read over each other and get a bit lost, I'm going to read it to you, okay? As I read it... As I read it, right, as I read it, try and listen out for the promises that God gives David. You're looking to list everything promised to David. Here we go. So this is 2 Samuel 7, and I'm going to read from 11b. Here we go. 
The Lord declares to you that God himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his king forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him. As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported to David all the words of this entire revelation. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I? Sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? As if I were not, as if it were not enough in your sight, Sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant and his decree, and this decree, Sovereign Lord, is for a mere man. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, Sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There's no one like you. There is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people, Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people, Israel, as your very own forever. And you, Lord, have become their God And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, the Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy. You have promised these good things to your servant. Now be pleased to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever in your sight. For you, sovereign Lord, have spoken, and your blessing, the house, and your blessing, the house of your servant, will be blessed forever. Two minutes, list every promise you can spot and then tell each other those promises.
20 more seconds. Maybe 10. All right. Right, so like rapid fire from each table. Okay, from each table. Starting with Paul's table over here. Start with that table there. We're going to go from Paul's table to that 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 table. And you're just going to declare one of the promises or two of the promises. Let's do one. One per table. If you hear yours that you wanted to say, just repeat it. It's fine. Seeing the same thing, that's actually a good thing. Okay? So, someone tell us a promise. Paul, we're going to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Really quick. Paul, go. Establish a house. Thank you. Raise an offspring to succeed him. Yes. Establish a kingdom. Never taking his love away. Rest from your enemies. We've got the back there. Build a, build a house, build a church, yeah, absolutely. Build a kingdom, yep. Establish a throne forever. Establish a throne forever. The Lord himself is going to give David a house. Now, does he mean a building? Okay, just get this word house, okay? Does he mean a building? The house has two meanings, okay? Does he mean a building? Yes or no? No. What does he mean? Thank you. He means a dynasty. He means a family tree. What's going to happen from his family tree? He's going to have someone... Someone from his family tree is going to build a kingdom. So tell me about that kingdom. Can, um, can death stop that kingdom? Can death stop that kingdom? No. Can sin destroy that kingdom? No, no. He's going to be disciplined and yet his love, someone told me that his love's not going to be taken from him. So some of the kings that followed David weren't great. Okay. Yeah, you should laugh. They weren't great. Some of the kings that followed David, they were not good, but the love was never taken from them. So can death stop it? No. Can sin destroy it? No. Can time exhaust this kingdom? How long is it going to last? How long's that? How long's that? It's like never going to stop. This is an enormously long-running kingdom. How long did uh, the Roman Empire last? Anyone have a guess? Ooh. 400 years, maybe 500. Knocking on the door of six, possibly. Depending on what guys. But yeah, 400, I'll give you that. That's not forever, is it? That's quite powerful, isn't it, Roman Empire? It's gone. European Union? Oh, they're Oi! That's oh, man. Please don't hijack this evening with the B word. Oh, Come on, we need to move on. Let's move to Isaiah 9. So we've got this. Death can't stop it. Sin can't destroy it. Time will not exhaust it. God is building a kingdom through someone from David's line. Okay? We're thinking about the promised revolution. It's going to come. God said so. Isaiah 9, 2 to 7. Isaiah 9, 2 to 7. I'm going to turn to this one. Go on, turn to it. Turn to it. I've lost it. Isaiah 9. Do you want to do that on your tables, that question? Or should we do it? Let's do it on your tables. Right, here we go. Isaiah 9, 2 to 7 says this. 
Talking about the people of Israel at the time, but it definitely applies to others. The people walking in great darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice in the harvest, as men rejoice when when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke the burden that burdens them the bar across their shoulders the rod on their oppressor every warrior's boot used in battle every garment rolled in blood will be dis- will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Say it all together, everyone together. Here we go. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Tell me, tell each other. From those verses, some of the goodness of this, of this king's rule. How good is it? Look at those verses. How good is it? The promised revolution. Is it good? Is it bad? What is it like? Tell each other. Oh. Okay. So you should have spotted the people who live in darkness, they get to see where they're going. That is, that is a beautiful thing. If you've ever been stuck in the dark and you can't see and then suddenly the lights are turned on or something, you understand something. This kingdom, just to pick out one other thing, this kingdom is such a cause of rejoicing for its people. It's like, it's like when the harvest comes in. Now to us, the harvest is going to Tesco and that is not very enjoyable. Okay, so we don't get this. But in their day, if the harvest came in, it meant they would survive. If, if, if the battle had been won and there was a field strewn with your enemy and you could go and plunder it, it meant you were alive and not under the yoke of, the, of, of, of any kingdom that would basically make you slaves. That was Midian at the time. It's beautiful. It's free from oppression. It's rejoicing. There's no burdens. This kingdom that's promised is gorgeous. Tell each other how powerful the king is. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. How powerful is the king? Tell each other that.
All right. So you should notice that there are some fairly significant titles for the king. Yeah, fairly significant. This, this, this king is so wise, he knows exactly how to lead in every single situation. This king cannot be thwarted. He's so powerful. He's almighty God. You don't thwart God. You can't stop God. Okay? This king is so intimate. He's an eternal father. <laughs> wow. This king is the source of all peace. He's bringing, he's, that turns this world upside down, doesn't it? This world is at war over everything. This kingdom is a source of all peace. This king is phenomenal. And this king I heard on this table over here is, is someone who's going to be established on a throne for how long? Sorry, I can't hear you. How long? Forever. Forever. You're getting a theme, yes? You're getting a theme for the kingdom? Getting a theme for how big it is? Getting a feel for it? And look at verse 7. Let me read verse 7 to you. The end of verse 7. And this is how we can have confidence that this king will build his church. Okay? How can we have confidence? Look at verse 7. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Okay? Now, perhaps you would just turn on your tables and tell, me some, tell each other some things that the Lord Almighty determined to accomplish. And then tell each other whether he did it or not. Okay? From your memory of anything in the Bible, what did God, who wanted, when he wanted to do something... Yeah? Did he do it? And what was it? Go on. Tell each other that. There's loads of things you could choose. Okay. Okay. Let's see if we can summarize everything everything we've done so far. We started thinking about leaders, rulers of this world. And then I said, actually, there's there's another one. There's another one. He's nothing like this world. Kingdom, nothing like this world. Okay. And I wanted to show you the promised revolution. Okay, so we've been looking at the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, the promised revolution. And we're going to try and summarize. There's a little thing there that in your notes it says, summarize what we've learned about the promised ruler. Okay? Now, what words, shout out some words that we might put in that summary. I've got my own and we're all going to do that in a minute, but let's just have a go. Shout out some words that we might put to summarize something that we've learned about the promised ruler. Victorious, Victorious thank you. That, right, who's next? Forever. He's forever. Thank you. We got that one. Faithful. Thank you. Go on, say it again if you want to say it again. Brilliant. Yes. He's doubly faithful. Sorry? He's zealous. Yes. Any more? Conqueror. Mighty. Kind. Does what he says. Loving. Beautiful. Powerful. His father. Get it? Okay, here's, here's a little summary. I don't know if it's any good. We have, we have 
A death-defying, time-spanning, joy-bringing, wisdom-owning, evil-destroying, God-representing, burden-relieving, almighty king. That's what's promised. I think. I think that, that covers it. Okay. Okay. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then everyone together. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, look at that. Excellent. So, we're going to do a little chant, and it's going to be a Mexican wave chant. And then all together at the end, we're going to say, Almighty King. Okay? That's our little summary of the promised king. Okay? It's going to start over here. You've got death-defying. Table at the back there. Nice and loud now. Nice and loud each table. Table at the back there. You are time-spanning. This table here, Nathaniel, this table here, joy-bringing. And you can give us a joyful smile as you do it. This table here, wisdom-owning. So I need you to look wise. Okay? This table here... Evil destroying, okay? I don't know how you're going to do that one, okay? That table at the back there, God representing, okay? And this table here, burden relieving. Got it? You could, you could, you could, you could, take, you could take a burden off, right? Right, ready? Here we go, Mexican wave, starting over here. Let's go! like it. Got a little bit of acting in here. Okay, that's a good start. And then at the end, we all say, Almighty King. Right, that was the practice. Now we're going to do it properly. Right, so we've been sitting down too long, so we need to stand up. When we do ours, when we do yours, you need to stand up. Okay, when you do yours, you need to stand up. Give yourself a bit of room, bit of room. Okay, okay. So we've got death-defying, time-spanning, etc., Yes, brining. That should say bringing. <laughs> Joy bringing. Okay, thanks for the time. I'll fix that before next week. See? See? Good to have guinea pigs. Ready? Let's go. Now, don't forget, everyone stand together at the end. Almighty King. And actually, some of us are wearing crowns. Okay? And I think in the presence of this king, we should probably take those off, don't you think? Oh, well, at the end. At the end. At the end. At the end. We need to take our crowns off at the end. When we say Almighty King, we take our crowns off to him. That becomes important in a minute. Okay, Ready? Go. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. Crowns off. Almighty King. Right, sit down. Take a breath. That, it's getting a bit warm in here, that, I'm going to, I'll do it in a second, I'll do it in a second. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, actually, yes, I'm going to waffle on. That is the promised revolution. Now, now, turn the page and don't be scared. Don't be scared. There is a table. There is a table, okay? At At Contagious, tables are infamous. The first seminar, which we're not doing tonight, the first seminar has over 150 verses to look up in an hour, which is going to take a while. And it's all to prove one point, actually. And uh, the point is, is that the church is not a building. <laughs> oh, you all thought it was, didn't you? Anyway, never mind. That's, that's seminar one. That's seminar one. But this is seminar two, and we're looking at the coming revolution. Um, 
First of all, just take in the table. There's several verses to look through. Okay, it's the first time many of you have done a contagious table. I'm going to do an example with you in a moment. And the problem that you'll find there is you're supposed to have two parts of the Bible open at the same time. And, and the thing about books is, is you can't do that. Okay? So I'm going to ask Matthew and Bob to give out um, two Samuel to everybody so that you can have two Samuel in front of you. Okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to open up, have 2 Samuel 7 in front of us, and we're going to look through these Bible verses, some of these Bible verses, and we're going to see how the coming revolution came about. How it actually came about. So you'll see some familiar places in there. Matthew, the beginning of Matthew. Yeah? You'll see, you'll see Luke. You'll see Mark in there. Now, in the table, you'll see three columns. The first column is to think about, when you read the verse, you're going to think about, ooh, is there any fulfillment? Is there, does it connect at all with, with 2 Samuel that you'll have in front of you? Some of them connect, some of them don't. If you don't think they connect, just leave it blank, it's okay. It's okay to have a blank, okay? Some connect, and believe me, when they connect, they connect obviously, okay? So some connect, some don't. Then I'd like you to write down in the middle column, maybe something that it shows you about the nature of the kingdom. What's the kingdom like? What's it like to be in that kingdom? And then in the last column, the really easy column, you have to write one word or two words. You have to write now or not yet. Is the kingdom here now or is the kingdom coming in the future? Now or not yet? Stop jumping ahead. Right. Okay. Contagious table. We're going to do one together just to have a little practice. Okay. So everyone turn to Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. What did you do with those two, Samuel? I need that in front of me. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if, you, if you're in Old Testament, like, I don't know, Zephaniah or something, you're not quite gone far enough. If you get to Luke, you've gone too far. Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. Okay, I'm going to read it. Here we go. I know it's a bit warm in here. Keep focused. We're listening to the Word of God. This is incredibly, incredibly amazing. Okay, here we go. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. Did you hear the name Jesus, by the way? important, that. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born in Bethlehem in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country to another by another route. Okay, here's some things that I noticed that were fulfilled from, our, from Samuel, okay? Here's some things. God is at work here. He is establishing a king. That's, the, that's something I'd write in the first box. It said in 2 Samuel, he's going to establish a king, and God is establishing a king. And it's not Herod. It's quite a joke, isn't it? Herod keeps being called king, but the Magi don't worship him. They worship Jesus. It's funny, that. Um, he's called the Son of God. If you remember in 2, in two Samuel... God would be his father, okay? His rule is unending. Oh, that's a different verse, sorry. <laughs> God ensures the security of the baby king, doesn't he? He establishes his rule. And who's the king? Jesus. Is it Herod? No. Okay, something about the nature of the kingdom. This is what I'd write in that box. I'd write that people who aren't Jews get to join it. Okay, I'd also write that some hate it. Herod hated the idea of Jesus as king. And, uh, and is the kingdom now or not yet? Okay? Yeah, no, 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 come on. <laughs> Don't ruin this, come on. It's now because the king has come. Okay, it's now because the king. I know it's yes, okay, I know. But it's now because the king has come, okay? Right, can this half of the room, one, two, three tables, start from the bottom and work up? Okay, you're going to have five minutes to do as many as you can. Okay, can these four tables start from the top and work down and have a go? See what you discover. You are looking for how it's fulfilled. You're looking for what it says about the nature. And you're looking for is the kingdom now or not yet? I would suggest you do the short ones first. Just to get get a feel for it. You'll race through them. Don't linger on each verse. You know, look for the obvious. Just look for the obvious. I know some of these, I know it's a little bit tricky, but just look for the obvious.
I wouldn't do John 19, it's quite long. I'd do the, I'd do the quicker ones. I'd do the quicker ones, yeah? <laughs> we want to fill the... If you fill the table, you get a feel for something, okay? You get a theme, yeah? See, that is true. I would normally have a lot of sweets. Okay, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one more minute. Actually, you seem eager, beavers. I'm going to give you one more minute. stop there okay
Just wait for everyone to finish writing their last little box. Cool. Right. So Mark 1, 14 to 15. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus comes proclaiming the kingdom. Got anything in the boxes for that one over this side of the room? Anything in the boxes? Anything at all? Anything in the boxes? For Mark, the first one, Mark 1, 14 to 15. The kingdom's come. The kingdom's come. God was going to bring it. It's come. Anything about the nature of the kingdom in that one? It's good news. Thank you. Is it now or not yet? It's now. And he, but he says, <laughs> he says the kingdom is near. Repent because the kingdom is near. The king's here. <laughs> there may be a little trick question at the end there. Maybe. Okay. Um, anyone look at Luke? Anyone got anything for Luke? Any feedback we want to give for Luke? He raised up an offspring. Thank you. Keep shouting them out. That's good. In the first column. Give him a throne. Yep, that was fulfillment. Yep. Descendant of David. Yep, this is all come from this is all from Samuel. Yep. Anything else? It's forever. It's all from Samuel. Yep. Tell me something about the nature of the kingdom from there. How long? Forever. Forever. And it's ensured by God. Is it now or not yet? Sorry? You said en route. <laughs> that wasn't one of the choices. <laughs> okay, we're getting it, yeah? We did the Matthew one, didn't we? Matthew, God ensures the security, Jesus is king, non-Jews can join, and it's, now, nah, oh, not yet, and, um, and so on. Okay, this guy, these guys here, tell us, just tell us one more. We'll do one more at the bottom. You guys over here, tell me, tell me something about the fulfillment from Matthew 28, bottom of the table, Matthew 28. Forever, that's from Samuel. Yep, forever. All authority, that came from Samuel. Yep, absolutely. Build a house. Why'd you say that? Yeah, well done. I didn't get that one, that's really good. (laughs) I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Build a house. Everybody, thanks Bob. Nature of the kingdom, anything about nature? For all peoples. For all people, thank you. Going to come back to this. Yes. What else? Forever. Is it now or not yet? Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, you've got me. Yes, the last column is a little bit tricky. It's kind of a now column in that, in all of those verses, the king is here, he's doing things, he's arrived, he's been announced, he's enacting things, but also there's something else coming. It's not yet. It's now and not yet. Okay? In the middle column, you discover things like this. You discover that it requires repentance, that it's good news, that it's ensured by God, that it starts with humility. You discover that everybody can join. You discover little ones are welcome. Matthew 19 is beautiful. There's nothing that I can see in the fulfillment from 2 Samuel 7, but you get little ones welcome. Humility again. And you get it's now. Now little ones are welcome. Keep the, let the little children come to me. Matthew 20, you see that it's humble service is the highest virtue. The king uses his power to serve in the nature of the kingdom, and it involves the king's suffering. That was mentioned already, and guess what? It's now. And coming. In John, you see that it's. 
in, in that he became sin for us, yes, quite possibly. He who had no sin was, became sin, quite possibly. John 18, it's not of this world, that's the nature of the kingdom, and no violence is used to make the kingdom come. Did you hear that, by the way, actually? This kingdom doesn't advance by violence. Let's just, 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 just get hold of that a second. This kingdom does not advance by violence. And it's now and coming. In John, the long, version, the long part of John, John 19, you hear that, the king, that the, Jesus is the son, that the king, he's the king of the Jews, that the king is hated by this world, and suffering service is at its core, and it's now that that is the case, and coming for his church. Okay, what we're doing here is we are thinking about the coming revolution, the coming of the revolution, and you're beginning to see how it came. It came through a person called Jesus. <laughs> from the line of David. Yes, from the line of David. And now we are going, with, that, was, that was a little bit of work, okay? Now we're going to do some drama. And the drama is from, and Matthew, you did it so well last time, you can do it again. Give everyone one of those. Bob, you did it so well last time. Give everyone one of those. I need one. We do a little bit of drama now. And the drama is to read Revelation 5. And we're going to see a little bit more about the coming revolution, the now and not yet. You're going to see a snapshot of what it's like. And you're all going to join in reading Revelation 5 in one part or another. Okay? Okay, so, you look like four living creatures, okay? So when you get a piece of paper, right at the end, the four living creatures say, Amen, okay? Dramatically, please. <laughs> um, I've got one, I've got one, I've got one. Paul, you look like a mighty angel. Oh, I'm not allowed to be an angel. <laughs> you look like a mighty... So that orange bit there, you're going to read that out. Dramatically, mighty angel. Put yourself in character. Okay? Bob, you're an elder. Okay? Do not weep. I'll be weeping. Tell me not to weep. Okay? That's what we say. That's what you say as an elder. You say it. Just me. Just you. You're the the elder. Okay. You're going to step up and you're going to tell me to stop weeping. Yeah. One of the elders. You're one of the elders. Okay, so I've spoken to a few of you, okay? So um, we, have, we have a mighty angel. Uh, we have a mighty angel. He's going to speak the orange bit. I'm going to narrate. I'm going to do all the narration, okay? We have a mighty angel. He's going to speak the orange bit. We have an, one of the elders. He's going to speak the blue bit, okay? We have four living creatures at the back there, four living creatures. They're going to say amen at the end, and they also need to join in 
Um, they also need to join in with the red, the orange, and the purple. Okay? The four living creatures need to do all of that as well because the living creatures join in. Okay? Now, um, we need some people who are going to sing a new song, right? And um, that's these two tables here. You're going to do the red bit. You're going to sing a new song. And um, we need some people who, in a loud voice, were saying, along with the living creatures, so we need some more elders here, loud voice saying, along with the living creatures, is, the, is, is, is Bob's table, those two tables there, those two tables there. You can do the orange bit. So you're doing two parts now. You're doing red and orange. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Right? I am very sorry. Hold on. I got that wrong. There is more than one angel. There is a mighty angel, and there are some more angels. Table at the back. You're more angels. Okay? Not you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we just learned about the nature of the kingdom, something about humility. Um, everybody, everybody, is purple. Right. Right. Now. So everybody's purple. Everybody's purple. Right. Now. Now this... This can, actually, this can actually sound quite good, actually. It's a very... No, 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 no. Come on, come on. Work with me here, okay? This, this, this is a very, very dramatic scene. It's a very powerful scene of the Bible. And, it's, and it's, a, it, it's a terrible moment that we're about to read about. Because in one sense, they don't know how the world is going to be rescued. And then they find out. So I want you to try and feel the drama of that as we read it. Okay, imagine if you're a Christian in this room, imagine, know, you know, knowing what you know as a Christian, imagine, imagine for a moment not being rescued. That's how this starts. I want you to feel the drama of it. And then go, let the passage take you to the glory and the joy at the end. Let it take you there. Okay. So to really engage with this, when we, when we do our part, just give it all you got. Just have a go. We're all friends here. It's fun. And, and it's gloriously true. Okay. We only get one go at it, okay? <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> right? Let's have a bit quiet. Can we stand to read? Yes, please. Stand to read, yes, please, because it, it frees your, your lungs up. Okay, so have a moment's quiet, okay? Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals and a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? 
But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the eight elders said to me, Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the centre of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures And the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one with a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying... Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They were saying... Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb to be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said and the elders fell down and worshipped. So in that passage, the scroll represents something. It represents the plan of salvation. Okay? And the plan of salvation is a terrible drama because in the, pl- in the plan, he sees a vision of it from beginning to end here. He sees the vision where it, there's, there's no one to enact. There's no one to open up. There's no one to read. There's no one to do anything with the plan of salvation. And then one is found. And the person who is found is the one who looks like a lamb who was slain. You see here something of the purpose of the kingdom. The purpose in verse, um, verse uh, 9, you see that, that there was a lamb who was slain who purchased for God people from every tribe and language and nation. And what are they to do? They are to be priests. They are to, be, they are to serve God and they are to reign on the earth. The purpose is to build a kingdom of rulers. God shares his glorious rule. You see something about the king here. You see something about the king alive, alive, but looking like a sacrificed lamb. 
worshipped by everybody. You see something about its people. Who's, who's included? Are South Africans included? They are. It's brilliant. It's not what it says here. It's really important, actually. In an age, it's just worth hanging on here a second. I know, I know time's going, but I'm going to do it anyway. In an age in which there is much talk about nation being its own thing, okay, it, it, in this kingdom, that basically there is one nation. It's people. You see something in this about the, how the church was brought into being. How did the church come into being? Did it come into being by force? No. Did Jesus come into the world wielding his power and his might and forcing people to follow him? No. The Son of Man came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And what does he see in the vision as the plan of salvation is enacted for us? How the kingdom comes, how the the revolution comes. What do you see? You see a lamb who was slain. It's pointing back to the Old Testament sacrifices. The only way for sin to be dealt with is by blood being spilt. And here is the perfect sacrifice. That's how the church came about. It started with humble service of the king. If you look up these verses, there's seven of them and there are seven tables. This, this table over here, you're going to look up Ephesians 5.2 and in a moment one of you is going to read it out. This table at the back, Peter's table, yeah, you're going to look up Isaiah uh, uh, 11, 1 to 10 and one of you is going to read that out. This table, Catherine, yeah, One, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Um, this table at the back, Phil, your table, can you do 1 Corinthians 5.7? This table here, 1 Corinthians 6.20. This table here, John, yeah, um, two, 1 John 29. 1 John 1, sorry, sorry, John 1.29, thank you. And this table here, you've got Hebrews 9, uh, 11 to 12, okay? And I, want the, I want you, we're going to listen to them, okay? We're going to listen to them. They're going to be read out, and you will hear things in these verses that echo, that confirm. The Bible is one, one book, one story, one idea about Jesus, okay? You will hear things that echo and confirm what we just read in Revelation, okay? So have, we got, have you got Ephesians ready? Yeah, okay. So we're going to start over here with Ephesians. Let's hear it. Uh, just, 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 just one person. Read it out. Christ as an offering for us. It's how the church came into being. At the back there, Isaiah. Someone read that out.
slide underneath them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's mouth. They will neither harm nor destroy. On all my holy mountain, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. In that, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. Just as in Revelation, you've got the rule of everything. It's beautiful. It's peaceful. It's incredible. It's incredible. Thank you for reading that. That was quite long. Thank you so much. The rule of everything, and you've got all people gathering to him. Right. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Nice and loud. There is the lamb who was slain to make us right. At the back there. 1 Corinthians. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, Yeast in the Bible is a picture for sin. And Christ has been sacrificed to cleanse us from that. 1 Corinthians 6.20 You were brought at a price, therefore honour God with your body. There we go. Jesus brought us at a price. He purchased for God people for his kingdom. John 1.29 The lamb taking away sin of the world. That's how the kingdom comes into being. Hebrews 9, 12, 11 to 12. Okay. When, Christ came, when Christ came as a high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the great and um, more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, but is to say and not a part of their creation. He had not entered by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered thank you Jesus of Nazareth the lamb that takes away the sin of the world and here we are if we are Christians we are redeemed by his blood so the coming kingdom a really good picture for the coming kingdom is a slain lamb who spilt his blood for the world. If you're a Christian, that's how you become part of the church. If you're not a Christian, that's how you become part of the church. You trust in the spilt blood of Jesus to rescue you, to cleanse you. The revolution comes by Jesus being the sacrificial offering to purchase a kingdom of people from every tribe and nation. It begins with and is fulfilled and filled with humble service. That is the core nature of the kingdom. We've seen that in Philippians recently. Humble service. From the king all the way down. That's the coming kingdom. Right, much more quickly now. The enemy of the revolution. In Luke chapter 4, we're told 
not in Luke chapter 4, but we are told that there is an enemy to our revolution. That Satan is our real enemy, and, but he uses people and authorities. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our struggle as the church is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It says watch out for things like that in the book of Acts because uh, the young people at Contagious will be reading through the book of Acts. But let me just briefly tell you about the temptations of Jesus. Many of you know these, okay? What happened in the temptations of Jesus? In Luke chapter 4, you will find Satan coming to Jesus to tempt him, the enemy of the kingdom. And what does he want to do to Jesus? He wants to make Jesus needs the center. He says, he says, you're hungry, He's, been not eat, he's not eaten for 40 days. You're hungry and thirsty. Turn these stones into bread. You're hungry. It's about you. It's about how you're feeling. Jesus doesn't. He says to him, here are the kingdoms of the world. Here are the kingdoms of the world. You can have it all. You can have it all. If only, if only you'll bow down to me. So in other words, you can have everything if you'll just give up on God the Father. He won't have anything to do with it. He says, take the easy way. Get to the top of the highest thing. Jump off. You'll be rescued. And everyone will know how important and powerful you are. He doesn't want to do that because the nature of the kingdom is to serve others. Mark 1, 35 to 39. Everyone's looking for Jesus because they all want to be healed. And he's off praying in a solitary place. And he and he's t- basically the temptation is take the popular route, be the healer. Everyone will come flocking to you, and he will not do it. He come to he's come to preach, come to bring God's word. In Mark eight thirty one and following, Peter comes to him. Jesus starts telling them all. He says, "The Son of Man must suffer and die, and be the Lamb who was slain to rescue us." And in Mark eight thirty one, Peter says to him, "No, that's not right. You should be an earthly king. You should be a powerful king. You should bring in the kingdom by force." And Jesus says, get behind me. The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And then in Luke 23, I showed, you, I showed you this a few weeks ago. In Luke 23, 32 to 43, Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's actually serving. He's giving his life as a ransom for many. And everybody wants him to save himself. If you look at those verses, you will see He saved others. Let's see if he can save himself. Three times in that passage, they say, save yourself, save yourself, save yourself. The temptation is intense. The enemy is about power now, showing off now, needs now, relieving my pain now. But Jesus is about serving and giving his life as a ransom for many at huge cost to himself. There is an enemy to the revolution And we have to live within that. And now we're going to conclude in the next mm, no minutes about being the revolution. Right, everyone turn to the end of Matthew. You have to go to the end of Matthew to to, to see this. So this is the church's job. You've already read read it, some of you. The end of Matthew. This is what we're going to conclude with. Okay? I'm going to read it. Look out for how Jesus speaks as king, how he commands his disciples to build his kingdom, 
What similarities are there to Revelation 5? We'll leave that one out, actually. How different is this revolution to the normal way we build a kingdom? I'm going to think about those. And then we'll do something on our tables, and then we'll hear a poem. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Just tell each other. Just look at those first, first questions there and tell each other. Um, how does Jesus speak as king? How does he command his disciples to build his kingdom? And then that question there, how is this different to the normal way kingdoms are built? Just do, give yourselves a minute to go through those. Okay. So you should have seen that Jesus, he leads them. He tells them where to go in the mountain. He shows his authority to them and he gives them a command. You should have seen that and probably some other things too. You should have seen that the sorts of things he tells them to do to build his kingdom is to make disciples, to teach the things that he taught them. To, the, nature of the, the nature of the kingdom is, is a relay race. It's a baton that you pass on where the baton is the message that Jesus tells us. That's how the kingdom of God grows. And it is totally different, as we've said already, to any revolution in this world. Revolutions in this world normally come by blood and force and by coercion and manipulation. This comes by declaration declaration of a message and teaching and is peaceful so just notice notice with me 
what confidence we can have in doing this task as a church. Okay? Remember who was promised and remember who's giving the command here. Who is it? It's the death-defying, time-spanning, joy-bringing, wisdom-owning, evil-destroying, evil-destroying, God-representing, burden-relieving, almighty king who says, I'm with you. Till the very end of the age. Which is how long? Forever. So when church seems disappointing and dull, what should these truths change in you? All together, come on, let's have some suggestions because church can seem disappointing and dull. We've done a load of stuff in the Bible now. Let's just see if we can feel it a bit. When church seems disappointing and dull, what should these truths change in us? Call out some things. Yeah, thanks. Yes, should. What should these truths change in us? Thank you. What should these truths change in us? Thank you. You're part of something that's never going to end. Life purpose, yeah. It gives you a life purpose, yeah. Fulfilled, yeah. Yeah, because our king's a servant. Yeah. Yeah, real peace there, isn't there? There's real peace there that he's called us. The king has called us. Since God's kingdom is made up of all nations, what should you do, what should we do in our church to support this? Pardon? Pray. Pray for... Go. Go to all nations, yeah? What else should we do as a church? Since it's made up of all nations... Be well... Say that again, Chris. Be welcoming. Thank you. To who? Everybody. Right. Let's just pause there, okay? Right, let's pause there. Is that easy? It's not easy because across cultural barriers, things get misunderstood all the time. So we have to work hard at understanding each other to be welcoming. Because Jesus' kingdom is one nation of many tribes and languages. They are all welcome, even if they're different to you. (laughs) Different is okay. Okay? Right? One question for you to think about yourselves and not to answer out loud. How are you involved in getting this revolutionary message out? Okay? How are you? You might want to write something down. Or how could you be involved in getting this revolutionary message out? John 18.36 says this, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. In what ways can we forget this as a church? Do you know, I wonder we can forget this by celebrating FBC and not celebrating... 
I wonder we can forget this by thinking that we should have a, a, a big, big, thriving church that we can be proud of. I'm sorry, Jesus has already done that. <laughs> He's got a massive, thriving church that you are part of. We can want influence. What more, inf- what more influence do you need? You know the king. You can talk to him right now. You want to be proud of your leaders and name drop who you know and have a great preacher in the pulpit. Why do we need that? We have Jesus leading us. That's just a shepherd he's given us for a period and then they'll go and then he'll get another one hopefully. Listen, everyone in this room can be part of this revolution. It turns the world the right way up. What it does is it brings glory and praise to the almighty king, the death-defying, time-spanning, joy-bringing, wisdom-owning, evil-destroying, God-representing, burden-relieving, almighty king, Jesus. And we're going to hear a poem now. Come up here. We're going to hear a poem now, which should... Just close our time. And then we're going to sing. We are God's poem for a hurting world. We are a masterpiece of words and rhymes that curl their lines around. Lives that find themselves feeling broken. We are a love song for their shattered souls. We are a masterpiece of poetry and prose written by the hand of the one who planned out the very foundations of the earth. I am God's poem for a broken world. A poem that will restore the broken, not because of anything inherent in me, but because of the one who made me, saved me, writes me out for the good works he planned before I was even thought about. We are a masterpiece of the triune, three in one. A love poem for the world, a testament to the grace of his son. So Father, write me, sing me, into the hearing of a world that needs your life and healing. Just as as Peter and Catherine come to play, church arise, perhaps two or three would lift their voices in prayer in response to things we've learned tonight. Really, keep your prayers short so as many people can say something to God as want to. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are death-defying, time-spanning, joy-giving, uh, wisdom-owning, burden-relieving, God-representing, a redemption, and, and evil-destroying king. You are wonderful. Help us to follow you all days of our lives. In your name I ask it. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Almighty God, we thank you. You are not mono. You are full color in every dimension of glory and joy. We thank you that in your kingdom, everyone is welcome. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone is free from their burdens. Everyone is given life eternal. Thank you that we, as weak as we are, can be a poem to this world. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing, O church, arise. Oh, it's going to come up there. Yep.